0: Welcome parents, educators, and community members to another exciting episode of NCSS Parent Connect. I'm your host, Shabri Jones, and today we have two extremely knowledgeable guests with us. Joining us today is Mr. Craig Den, Director of Technology Services, and Mrs. Misty Smith, the Applications Integration Specialist. She is a part of our Instructional Technology and Media Services team. We're thrilled to have both of you here today to delve into the important topics of taking care of student Chromebooks and ensuring data privacy and security in the educational setting. Welcome, friends. Thank, thank you so much. Hey yeah, you thank dear. you so
1: much for having us.
0: Awesome. I'm so glad that you're here today. So let's just jump right into it. Mr. Dean, as a director of technology services, could you share with our parents your role in overseeing technology implementation and management at the Newton County School System?
1: Absolutely, uh, thank you again so much for having us. Um, there's lots of things that go into our technology implementations. You know, there's things that from uh, we building the budget uh, for devices that we use every year, um, when, when and when we deliver the devices to the students, when we're gonna pick up the devices from the students, other big things are just building infrastructure, infrastructure, excuse me, and building um, in the building, uh, the way to manage our devices uh, for the stu- students and the teachers. Also uh, trying, to stay in the comp- trying to stay in compliance with technology regulations from data privacy and security. Uh, we're also always continually exploring new innovative ways to use technology in education, to enhance our education within the school district. But one of our main goals is And we've been doing this for years is just to uh, keep technology working as advertised um, to be able to enable a high quality of education for our students and to help teachers excel in their classrooms with technology.
0: So you mentioned devices Chromebooks have become a staple in classrooms today, so they require proper care to ensure that they last long, of course, longevity. What are some common issues you encounter with student Chromebooks and what advice do you have for students and parents to maintain those devices effectively?
1: That's a great question. Um, some of the common issues that we see um, with our Chromebooks is just physical damage to the device. Uh, we see a lot of cracked screens, uh, broken keyboards, damaged ports, uh, hinges, power supplies, uh, a lot of these uh Issues can be avoided with just a few simple steps. Uh, we do provide protective cases with all of our Chromebooks when we hand them out to the students. Just keep that device inside that protective case. Uh, keep the screen and the body of the device hooked into the case. Uh, this will keep it safe if it gets dropped or anything like that. A lot of kids will stick uh, Chromebooks inside their book bag and things like that. They get handled roughly. Uh, try not to sit on your backpack if your Chromebook is in your backpack. Um, accidents happen, and we understand that. Uh, We know that things are going to get broke. Um, So if something does go wrong with your device, you know, talk to your teacher about it. Uh, A lot of the stuff can be covered under warranty, so there will be no charge, but sometimes there are charges. But talk to your teacher. They'll open up a get help ticket with our technology department, and if the device is covered, we'll cover it. Um, We'll get it fixed, and we'll get you something that you can use um, every day.
0: Awesome. That's good information to know because I have a student that's using Chromebooks at home for the first time this year. So that's that's good to know. So Ms. Smith, moving on to data privacy and security, those things are paramount, especially when dealing with student information. How do we as a team ensure compliance with regulations um, in Georgia today?
2: Great question. We in Newton County, we just implemented a district wide digital resource request process. And this process requires that each school and the district put in um, for each of the vendors that they want to work with, they have to put in a request and when they do, that vendor is then vetted. So, we're going to look down into their privacy policies, their terms and agreements, and we keep all that information um, shared on what's called a Trusted Apps Management Dashboard. And so, teachers and admin across the district can, at a glance, go in and look at this. So, our team works hard to keep that updated, making sure that um, we have all of the available resources that we are using here. And you can County, that they are there and visible for them to at a glance see what the privacy policy is, how it's being used, um, is it interoperable with our system? So just really and truly making sure that as we work with different digital resources that they meet those basic compliance and then a little step further to make sure that we're keeping our students and teachers and parents protected when they're working with each different digital resource.
0: Now, there are some laws in place, um, such as CIPA, COPA, and FERPA. Can you tell our parents about those laws?
2: All the acronyms, right? (laughs) There's going to be a test later. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. Okay, so when we're talking about CIPA, CIPA is actually the Children's Internet Protection Act. And it was put into place to protect children on the Internet. So just like Mr. Den was talking about earlier, how we have that infrastructure, those safeguards, um, the firewalls, those type of things. This is a filtering process. So we actually have to have technology protection measures in place, um, which is Internet internet filters. So on our network, even when the student is home, like you mentioned your child taking the Chromebook home now, he still has that filter in place as he's using that network governed district um, computer. So that's really good to know. The other piece to this is making sure that we provide monitoring devices um, for both the back end, like Mr. Dens' team, they're checking and making sure nothing's getting through that shouldn't. But on the classroom side, we have what's called NetRev, which is a classroom management where the teachers can f- see the students' screens as they're working. They can monitor and help support that way The last piece of this, um, the Children's Internet Protection Act would be education, right? Awareness. We want to make sure that students just become good digital citizenships. We want citizens. We want them to be good citizens. Now we want them to be digital citizens, too. So we have in place that, um, you know, digital citizenship pieces with COPA, that's specific to Children's Online Privacy and Protection Act, that was put into place to protect those under the age of 13. So sometimes there might be a vendor who says, you know what, we are not set up to work with children under the age of 13. So he, you know, we would not allow that vendor to um, give services to anyone under the age of 13 in newton county which means that would be for an eighth grader and up typically we would cut it off 9th through twelve. so um and then you have FERPA FERPA is the oldest one and when you think about FERPA you think back to that vault right here's the files we have all these papers well we still have those things even though we have the digital pieces too so we need to protect those files physically that are sitting in our schools but we also need to protect those files that are sitting digitally in our information systems. So FERPA says that as a parent, you have the right to um, ask for any of that data um, as long as they're under the age of 18, but it also means that we as the LEA, we have to make sure as a district that we're keeping those things protected. Um, through those awareness using COPA and CIPA. So they kind of all mesh together and work together to help support and keep data privacy and security in check here in Newton County. And
0: I know that um, the Georgia Department of Education has information where parents can find this information, correct?
2: Yes. If you take a little glance, if you just put in Godot um, data privacy, they'll give you a rundown of all that information. They make it very clear because uh, a lot of this is actually from the federal level and it's tied to funding. Right. So we want to keep our schools moving and going and we have to do certain things in order to receive the funding. So if we're not in compliance, then that there's that chance. So check out Godot. Um, there's lots of resources there for uh, parents and students and teachers to look at to um, get more information about data privacy and security. Awesome.
0: Thank you for that information. So Mr. Den, we offer in Newton County what's called VIP services. Data, that causes data security um, risks to increase. How do we adapt to these challenges and what measures have we taken to protect student data in the VIP setting?
1: Yeah, VIP students is something we've just offered in the last few years, but VIP students and in-school students uh, both take their devices home. So we take kind of a holistic approach for both sets of students. Um, We have things set up. We use access control measures where the students uh, at certain age groups can create their own passwords um, for their own security. Uh, We also use role-based access control systems where basically the students, certain students by the age group have certain access to other things. Uh, It's usually done by grade levels. Um, we do maintain regular software updates uh, to keep the latest security patches on all of our devices, all of our Chromebooks. Um, we use things in, in the background of our infrastructure with firewalls, intrusion detection systems to block malicious network traffic and things like that that's trying to get to the students. Um, we can also apply that stuff while the students are at home. Um, if we have a clear data breach or a notification of a data breach, uh, we're able to disconnect that student from the network or from their device almost immediately. And... Based in Newt County, our goal is just to stay proactive, you know, to help reduce the risk of any data breaches and to protect the student's privacy. That's kind of one of the key things that we do.
2: And to add to that, um, on the student side, we use what's called a single sign-on which is our my launchpad or class link. And that adds a, another layer of protection onto the filters and the infrastructure that Mr. Dan was talking about. So whenever the teachers, whenever the teachers and students sign in, they have to sign in through a launchpad. And that's kind of like the gate, the key that will open them up. So VIP students, even when they are working from home, is still that district-governed device, and they still use ClassLink, which adds an extra layer of protection for them to sign in and then be have that ex, that Vanguard data randomization of their information. So it'd be very hard for anyone to find out their information aside from the student actually just passing it out and giving their information to someone.
0: Awesome, awesome. And so, Ms. Smith, students with their teachers, they often use various online tools and platforms as a part of their learning experience. How do you, as an integration specialist, evaluate the privacy and security features? Because I know you mentioned their TAMS process, but how do you evaluate
2: these tools before incorporating
0: them into the classroom?
2: I love that question. Um, it is actually a series of steps, right? So the first step is I always look at the tool and its interoperability. That's a big fancy word just to say, it doesn't work with our system. Because in order for you to be a vendor or a partner with, um, with us in digital resources here in Eaton County, we want to make sure you can use ClassLink. Um, because if you can't be in ClassLink and help us protect the students, then we need to work with that vendor to make sure that they are able to work with ClassLink um, or either our Canvas, which is our LMS, our learning management system. So those are our two big things. The, The very first thing is, can you work with our digital ecosystem? If you can, the next piece of that puzzle would be Um, It's literally a rubric I go through, I look at, um, well, we have a partnership with Tech, which is the TAMS, the Trusted App Management Suite. Um, So they, as a third-party vendor, they go through, use the same rubric, and they will look at the data privacy, security, the terms and services. They're looking for those words like SIPA, COPA, FERPA, um, making sure that they do have the accessibility or the interoperability with crawling which um and if it checks all those pieces i then go in and look even deeper to make sure like they aren't using cookies uh, cookies sound like something good but it's actually not cookies um sometimes can be bad because they're tracking us and leaving little trails right so we want to make sure like we're sharing only the important information so as we look at evaluating that privacy and security we want to make sure that we're when we're working with a vendor or a digital resource that we're only sharing enough information to make it operable so that students and teachers can have access because the the least amount of information that we're sharing the it's called PII personally identifi- identifiable information the less we share the less they have the less they likely they are to pinpoint who that student or teacher is right if, in the case that there's um, a data breach so that's kind of the policy the process right now um, everyone has access to that dashboard here in newton county that's a teacher or an admin and they're looking they're learning the language too right we're all learning this together so this is something brand new that we're taking under our wings and and moving forward as a district saying that this is important and putting the knowledge and awareness out for everyone
0: awesome now mr den you briefly mentioned data breach and security But what other protocols are in place to respond swiftly and effectively to mitigate any potential impact on our student data?
1: We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but detection is key. Um, We need to be able to detect what's happening right away and disable that account as soon as possible. That helps protect the student as well as it protects our network. Um, Like I said, after we do that at the containment, we notify the student, um, we contain the the device and then we notify the student. Um, we let them know that they need to change a password or they need to set up something further. If there are further steps needed, we'll uh, reach out to the parents as, them, as well. Um, if we need to do any type of like forensic investigation at this point, again, we'll talk to the parents and the student at the same time. Uh, we The key is just monitoring, keeping up with the machine, software updates, uh, making sure everything is good. We take all the student data
0: privacy really seriously at New County. Awesome. Now, technology, this question is for both of you. Technology is continually evolving. What can parents do to protect themselves and their students at home when it comes to using these devices or the Internet?
2: That is a good question. And, you know, it's going to seem cliche, but it really is just being sure you're aware you're alert. You are looking for uh, and using strong passwords. Uh, Be mindful when you're on your Facebooks and Instagrams and they ask, you know, what year did you graduate? What was your first dog's name? Those sound very familiar, right? That's what they use for that multi-factor authentication, that MFA for a lot of our banks and our websites. So they're fishing literally for that information. Don't share that. I know it's fun. It helps but do that in small areas with your friends that you talk to. Don't do that out on a public platform like Facebook or Instagram, because you're literally giving out all the clues to your passwords. And then once you do set your password, make it very strong, at least 12 characters, use special characters like the at sign or exclamation point. Um, that, um, Mr. Dan mentioned you know how we keep our updated systems operating systems we have a firewall or cyber uh, security software antivirus or s- software you guys can download those and have those at your On your computers as well. Um, And then I promise you, it's never, ever going to happen. The Prince is never going to send you money if you send him Best Buy gift cards. So just being mindful of those things. It seems really nice. Um, You know, you might see an email that says from Newton County Schools and you're thinking, oh, I wasn't expecting an email from Newton County Schools. Before you click on it, look in that little preview and look and see, make sure there's nothing misspelled. Make sure you do see the .gov or the .edu, making sure before we click on anything that we are aware that it actually came from the sender and it was intended for you um, because there's lots of malicious ransomware out there that will grab your information and take it with you. Um, So not sharing that information, again, Stranger danger back when I was growing up was don't talk to a stranger, don't tell anyone your name. Now it's don't put your name in that web address. I know you want that free trial, but do you really? Because then they're going to haunt you forever, right? So being mindful of those situations and every time you share your name, that's PII, that's something that they can track with those cookies. Every time it pops up and says, hey, we're going to use our cookies to make your experience better, is that okay? Most of the times we just click it and keep going. Right. Say no, it won't. If it's going to impact you using that particular website, you don't need to use it. You more err on the side of caution. Decline the cookie so that they're not tracking you. Put your information in. Just stay safe and don't be afraid to be the kid. There's lots of Godot um, things out there for parents um, and students that they're gamified. Fun. We're all learning the language. We're all in this together. So working hard to just make yourself aware any way you can. Common sense is a really good um, place for parents to go and look at information to get information about how a website is to So just little tidbits like that.
1: Yeah, and I agree 100% with what Missy's saying. I, you know, one of the best things to do is just educate our students on what it means to be a good digital citizen. You know, what, what do they need to do? I, like she said, don't give out this information. We need to be able to talk to our students about online safety, what that is. Um, and you, as a parent, you'd have a good relationship with your student where you can talk openly and honestly with them about the things that they're doing on school, about the things they do with their, at home on their, on their devices. Uh, teachers and parents, you know, Teachers, as well as the parents, they set good, clear guidelines, um, include things like screen time, what's appropriate websites for the age group of the student that you're working with, things along those lines. Those are things that ways that parents can be involved in um, their children's lives, but as well as their digital life as well. Um, Don't leave your student alone for extended periods of time with a computer or devices. Uh, Just be be aware of where your child is at and what they're looking at and what they're doing. Um, one of the key things that Misty said is avoid oversharing. You know, don't give out information. I just flippantly online, um, phone numbers, school information, uh, addresses, names, things like that. That's People are looking for that kind of stuff and they can use it to get into your accounts. Uh, and just be a good role model as a parent, practicing a good, healthy usage of devices. You know, don't spend all your time on a device and don't expect your child to spend a lot of time, all their time on the device as well. Uh, It's online safety, just an ongoing conversation between you and your children and being engaged with your kids and being proactive. um, That helps bring healthy online device usage.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. I would like to thank both of you for joining me today. You provided some great information that will ensure student safety, both at school, And at home, especially when they're using their Chromebooks and the internet within the Newton County school system. To our audience, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our second episode of the NCSS Parent Connect podcast. We hope you found this episode informative and insightful. So be sure to subscribe for more discussions on essential topics in education and technology. Until next time. Thank you, Mr. Den and Ms. Smith, so much.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Thank
2: thank you so much for having us.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So until then, families, take care and stay safe. And always remember that NCSS is the best.